Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? Have you ever felt abandoned by God? But God says, I will never forget you. God says, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. We come remembering and worshiping God who cares for us.
want to welcome everyone who is worshiping here with us today at Southside Baptist Church. Some of you are uh, new to our church. You've not been here ever before. Some have been here many, many times as guests, and others are home folks who um, are always here. And we're glad for, to have everybody here uh, today as we uh, join our hearts and voices and lives together uh, to worship the one true and living God. If you came today as your first day here, or if you're, as I said, all of those others that are mentioned above, it's a good day to be here because following worship today, we have a special treat with uh, a covered dish dinner downstairs. But even before that, you also get to welcome uh, Dr. Roxborough back. He is back after a month away, and we're delighted that he's back with us today and will bring the message for us. Southside Baptist Church is a church that seeks to call forth the gifts abilities, all those, ta the, the talents that people have to be used in God's kingdom work here. Everyone here, everyone here who has been called to follow God has a gift that you can use in serving God and ministering to other people and caring for the community around us. We're a church that welcomes everyone, everyone that comes in, everyone that worships with us, everyone that seeks to be a part of this church. We seek to open our arms as Christ has opened them to us, saying, come, be a part of this place and join together with other lives as we all seek to be the presence of Christ in this community and beyond. Today, as we celebrate worship, we do so knowing that as we come before God, we come before the one who, is, who has created all that is, who has made us who we are. May we join our hearts in prayer at this time. Loving Lord, we come into this place grateful for just the ability to be here. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would, in these moments together, join our lives and hearts in a time of worship in which we exalt you. Let all of those who have gathered here, who seek you, be able to rejoice. Let us remember, O oh Lord, all the wonderful things you have done in our lives, those things you are doing and those things you will do as we follow your guidance. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would help us to have a deeper faith, thankful and believing hearts, an ability to follow you in all things. We come now offering this time of worship to the one true and living God, the one who has made us and who calls us to follow. In Christ's name I pray.
You may be seated. Well, it's good to see you all today. And, um, you know, it's especially good to see Roger. He hasn't been with us in a while. We're glad you're here, back up here and smiling out there at everybody that's out there in the congregation, seeing your bright and smiling face. That's great. What happened last week or maybe happened this week as far as something that you have to do? Sort of end of a summer vacation and something begins, right? School begins, right? And you all excited about it? Yeah, all right. How long do you think that'll last? All year? All year, okay. We hope so. All year long. Well, the, the um, thing I want to talk to you about today is this. Next week, we're going to do the blessing of the backpacks. So next week, make sure you bring your backpack with you. And we'll have a special prayer for you. And we'll give you a little tag to put on that backpack. And you can take it with you when you go to school. And every time, Abby, you see it, and maybe you're feeling down. You don't ever feel down, though. But if some of us that do, you'll be able to look at it, and you'll say, my church is praying for me, and they love me. So we're going to do that next week. Today I want to talk to you for just a moment about something that is really important, especially when we're in school and other places. Do you ever feel like you're alone or by yourself somewhere and you get a little bit anxious you don't Roger you're good you, you handle it all right well some of us aren't that fortunate some of us don't have that resolve or that ability to do that and sometimes we find things that are frightening to us um, when a few weeks ago Kendrick and Eli's mom had to go away for two weeks to school and while she was gone you prayed for her and you got a little anxious, didn't you, Eli? Yeah. Wanted her home. And those are the kind of things that, that sometimes bother us, but also having to do all the schoolwork. You know, God is concerned about everything about you. Everything about you. The way that people treat you, the way you treat people, all those things are important to God. The Bible also says that just as uh, God knows about all the flowers in the fields and even knows, you look out here and you see all these folks out here and up here and um, some of us have a little bit of hair, some have a lot of hair, some uh, have way too many for us to count. Some of us you probably can count on hair, the hair on our head. But yeah, two, two I think. So that the point is that even, did you, do you believe the Bible says that God knows how many hair you have on your head? He knows everything, right? So if he knows everything and he's concerned about you, don't you think he's going to be there with you to help you? You think so, Abby? He's always with us. When you go to school or when you have something that really is, is um, you're not looking forward to and you have to deal with it, God's there to help us too. And he says not only that, he'll help us with that. He will help us if we call upon him. So today as we offer a prayer, I want to pray for each of you, for Abby, for Eli, for Kendrick, for Ryder, and for those who aren't able to be here today, that this week as you go to school, as you start, that you'll remember that God cares about you and that God will help you deal with all those things you've got to deal with. Okay? Let's pray. Loving Lord, we come thankful for these children. I pray today for Abby. I pray for Eli and for Kendrick and for Ryder and ask that you would be with them in a special way as they return to school. And for all those others that are part of our church family that will be going back to school as well. Remember also the teachers, 
and those who transport them back and forth. In all things, Lord, though you watch over and care for them, but they indeed are precious in your sight. In your name I pray. great God of creative abundance. We come before you this morning as a people in need of your generous blessing. And so we offer ourselves to you with open hands and receptive hearts. Take away from us any pretension of self-reliance and unmask for us our own images of self-security that keep us from putting our trust in you. May our eyes be open to the gentle gifts of grace that you have placed in our midst And may we come to value the abundance of your hidden yet dawning kingdom in one another made real in this place. This morning, we offer ourselves to your service. Take the gifts of our lives and bless them that we might become a blessing to others. Whether we bring wealth or weakness, power or poverty, health or helplessness, we place our lives, just as they are, into your hands and we ask for your blessing. We offer before you today the resources of this congregation. We offer our people, ourselves, from pastors to volunteers to occasional attendees. We offer our resources of money. We offer our building, our contacts, our friendships, our whole bodies, and the body of Christ that is this church in this location. May we learn together the lesson that hoarding The resources of the kingdom is not what we are called to. Grant us then the courage to release to your service all the gifts that you have given to us. Mindful of this morning of the needs of others, we pray for those who live in constant need, poverty, uncertainty, and fear. Help us to be aware that you call us to play our own part in the coming of your kingdom of peace and justice. We pray for all those who are hungry today. We especially think of those who will use the food bank this week in order to feed themselves or their families. We pray for parents who often go hungry that their children might eat. We pray for those who will share lunch in this building today as we sit down together to share with one another the blessing of food. May this tangible sign of your kingdom be transforming and life-giving in our midst as we thank you for daily bread and seek to feed those who are in need. We pray for all those who have power to make changes at a local, state, and national level for policymakers, politicians, business, and industry leaders. May they find ways of bringing the body politic to health for the common good. But we ask that each one of us, as we have opportunity Wherever we find ourselves this coming week, may we commit ourselves to your transforming vision of a just and equal society where none go hungry, all are fed, and find a place of safety and security to live. And finally, we pray for ourselves. In all our need, with the burdens that we bear, 
the anxieties that weigh us down. Help us to hear your call to our lives today to cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. These prayers we offer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ who taught us to pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
anthem leads well into our scripture reading and our homily for today, which is found in the first epistle of Peter in chapter 5. It's good to be back with you here at Southside after my journeyings over to Scotland. Some of you have read on a regular basis through Facebook the nice food that I've had, the fun that I've had with my family, and of course all the work that I did in the in-between times. We begin this, this morning a series, short series of homilies on the theme, The God Who Cares. And that will be tied up on Wednesday evenings with thinking about ourselves as a caring community of faith. So the God who cares instills within us the desire to care for one another. So if you want some good food to eat on a Wednesday night, come here at 5.30 and join us for the study uh, just after 6 p.m. But this morning, let me read just two verses from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares on him, because he cares for you. Anxiety is probably one of the commonest of everyday experiences, sometimes characterized by a panic wave of worry that might pass like a white cloud in a summer's day, but more often associated with panic attacks, palpitations of the heart, a strong desire to escape and run away from the terrors of trouble. A friend of mine told me of his experience when driving around along a road in Scotland when suddenly he was overwhelmed by a sense of panic and he had to pull in to the side of the road in order to recover. That perhaps is a, an extreme case but it characterizes the experience that many people have. Medical experts tell us, reckon that about one in four adults will have an anxiety disorder in their lifetime. That up to about 18% of the American population will suffer from anxiety each year. And that would include and be just as true of a congregation such as our own. The central theme of anxiety seems to be threat. The threat may be physical, injury, illness, unemployment, perhaps even the fear of death. The anxious person may lie awake at night turning over a whole series of possibilities, but never managing to resolve them in their own minds and hearts. Anxiety is real for the Christian because faith is fragile. We like to think that we can deal with the issues rationally, thinking them through, but most of us struggle with emotions. Emotions that lead to turmoil in our hearts. It's difficult to turn away from our world of experience and put our trust in the invisible and intangible promises of God. And often life can seem like Easter Friday, dark, deserted, full of death. Where is God in the midst of our Gethsemane, our experience of Golgotha? Has God abandoned us? Sometimes it feels so. Jesus spoke about anxiety with his followers. He told them not to worry, not in the sense that he was rebuking them for their anxiety, but he was trying to tell them that he understood that he knew they worried and that he cared about them in the midst of their anxiety. And here in 1 Peter, 
Peter, who held, heard Jesus speak about the difficulty of coping with worry and anxiety, he says to a group of Christians that were under threat of oppression from the Roman government, he says, we cast all our cares upon him because he cares for you. It doesn't mean that life for the Christian is without trouble. For many of us, the greatest surprise was when we became Christians and we dived into the river of faith and we suddenly found ourselves floundering, water coming up our noses, and we didn't know how we were going to cope. Or the walk of faith, where we faced an obstacle, we tripped up, and we bruised our elbows and our knees. We wondered, I thought it was going to be a lot easier than this, Lord. No sooner do we confidently stride out in the pathway of faith that we realize that we as Christians are not inoculated against the rough and tumble of life, and God doesn't protect us from experiencing these situations. Now, in the New Testament, you get verses like this, casting all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. I suppose the best known one is that of Paul. He says, worry about nothing. Give thanks for everything. Worry about nothing, Paul? Give thanks for everything. Present your request to God in prayer, and the peace of God that passeth all human understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Notice that prayer for issues that worry us is linked to thankfulness and gratitude and putting our trust in God every day. Now, when the Bible speaks about not worrying, it isn't the same as the lyrics of the song by Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Remember that one? I'm not going to try to sing it to you. In every life we have some trouble. When we worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. It's almost like a mantra. If we say it often enough, then we won't worry and we'll be happy. The way that Peter puts it, and Paul in other verses, is a little bit different. Peter suggests we cast our cares on God. Now, the word casting that's used here in 1 Peter only occurs on one other occasion in the New Testament. It's in Luke chapter 19, verse 35, in exactly the same form. It's Palm Sunday, and the disciples have been sent to get a donkey for Jesus to ride on. In verse 35, we read, they brought the donkey to Jesus, and they cast their garments on the donkey and set Jesus on it. Do you get the picture? The donkey arrives, and so they get their garments, and they cast it. They put the garments on the donkey, and Jesus rides in the donkey. The meaning simply and straightforwardly is this. If you have a garment on, a piece of clothing, and you want an animal to carry it, you cast it on the animal. You put it on the animal. And in this way, you don't carry it anymore. It's on the animal, not you. The donkey works for you and lifts your load. Casting. Casting all your cares, your anxieties, your worries. Casting them on God who cares for you. Now, Peter is suggesting that God is willing to carry your anxieties. In the words of Jesus, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The psalmist says a similar thing. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. Isaiah, even to your old age I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. Aren't we thankful for that verse? And to gray hairs I will carry you. 
I have made you, I will bear you, I will carry you, I will save you. The Christian approach to anxiety is a little bit different to just trying to cope with it by yourself. We cast our cares upon God. As we come with our anxieties, we remind ourselves of the kind of God that we're coming to. He's the God who is our parent, sometimes spoken of as father, but also referred to as mother, a God with motherly strengths and fatherly qualities. Now, we may have experienced the downside of parental character, verbal, physical, emotional, and perhaps even sexual abuse that has limited our understanding or our appreciation of human parenthood. But God manifests the best of what it means to be a mother and a father. He's the God of affection, of tenderness, of mercy and forgiveness, compassion, but also of strength. A God who is able to support us and help us in our distress. This is the one to whom we come over and over and over again. The God to whom we cast our cares upon her, for she cares for us. This is our God. We cast them, and we seek to leave them with Him. It's not like we say to God, well, if you could just give me an hour or two of relief. I know you're busy, so I'll have to give you this burden, and you can give it back to me. We try to do that at times. Casting our cares upon Him and leaving them there. Philippians 4, verse 6 indicates that casting our, gar our garments, our cares upon God, is linked clearly to prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. Well, he knows about it already, doesn't he? Yeah. But we're to cast and we're to bring them. And in the bringing of them in prayer to God, there's a sense in which we recognize the God to whom we have come. And this God will grant us the peace that passeth all understanding to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't find prayer easy. And I don't like reading books on prayer because they make me feel guilty. But Oscar Hallis, Otto Hallisby wrote a book on prayer many years ago. And one of the chapters that I return to again and again in my thinking is prayer as helplessness. As far as I can see, he says, prayer has been ordained only for the helpless. Only for the helpless. We try everything before we finally resort to prayer. Prayer and helplessness are inseparable. Only a person who is helpless will pray, really pray. If I feel sinful, or abandoned, cold, or depressed, doubting, or dishonest, the feeling of helplessness can be the beginning of a way to come before God. Prayer, says Hallisby, simply consists of telling God day by day in what ways we feel that we are helpless. We began the service this morning in our call to worship in a creative way. Have you ever felt abandoned by God? I mean, is that a way to begin worship? Doubting? Bringing questions into our minds? It's a real way. This is what we come with every time we come into the presence of God. We don't pretend that we've left everything out there and then we come to God for an hour and then when we go back out, we'll, 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 we'll bring all these worries and cares into our lives again. No, we come into the presence of God 
with our care. We come recognizing who he is. And even in the time of darkness, we may know the presence of God to be with us. Sometimes we have to reflect on who God is and what he's done for us in the past. John Newton wrote that famous hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. He wrote a lot of other hymns. One says, his love in time past forbids me to think he'll leave me at last in trouble to sink. It's not the best poetry that you'll ever find. But you get the idea. God's grace towards us that we remind ourselves of can sustain us in the present and the future. And when we come with thanksgiving to God, we remind us that he has poured out his love into our hearts through the gift of his Spirit. The Spirit of God who is the comforter, the sustainer, the encourager. And it leads us to know the peace of God that passeth all understanding, guarding your hearts and your minds. Guarding your hearts and your minds. Being a sentry to protect and to help us. Another verse that I find challenging but helpful is when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I read that verse and it sometimes seems to taunt me. <laughs> really? Really? I used to play golf. I used to play golf when I was a pastor in Scotland. I had a day off, Monday. Then I went into Christian education and it seemed to pass away. <laughs> I used to play every Monday with my friend. Friend from school days. We've known each other all our lives. He was a Presbyterian minister in the Church of Scotland. So we used to meet on Mondays and we would play golf. I was never great at golf. On my birthday on one occasion, I hit an 84, and that was my best ever. So I wasn't great at golf. My hero down through the years was always Colin Montgomery. He has been described as the best golfer who never won a major. <laughs> he was in the top ranking, in the top 10 of golf, for over 400 weeks on one occasion. Almost eight years. He's a big guy. He comes from the area where I was born in Ayrshire. When I was a lad, I used to play the same golf courses he would have played. Well, he studied golf. Well, he didn't study golf, but he played golf for Houston Baptist University in his, in his teenage years. I've often wondered what it would be if I was standing at the first at St. Andrews. And suddenly, if it was possible, he's a big guy, but suddenly if it was possible, Colin Montgomery kind of fits himself into my very petite body. And I take my golf club and I look up and I look down and I hit it about 300 yards right down the first fairway of St. Andrews. Dream with me, Elaine. Dream with me. Through me, Colin Montgomery is playing the golf ball. I don't know if this is exactly what Paul means when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's the God who is with us. He's the God who sustains us. He's the God who says to us this morning, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Casting, not keeping, not holding on to them, not giving them to God for a little short while and then grasping them back because we think we can cope better than him. 
casting, casting them all, not some of them, not most of them, casting them all, the one that's on your mind and your heart right now, casting those cares upon God, on God, not on your family, not on your church, not on yourself, but casting on God, your father, your mother, your friend, your companion, your savior, your comforter, casting them and knowing with assurance and confidence and hope that the God who gave himself for you on the cross of Calvary and the God who pours out his spirit into your heart is the God who is with you right here and now, casting all your cares upon God because he cares for you, for you. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, generous God, loving God, we're thankful for your words of grace into our lives this morning. Help us to receive them and help us to cast our cares upon you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Our hymn of response, a hymn of promise from God, number 396. For such a time of this, O Lord, we seek the gift of grace outpouring. This is a time of response, perhaps of responding to God's word this morning, or the way in which God has been calling you, perhaps to commit your life to him for the first time, or commit yourself to him in the life of this church. Dr. Kelly will be at the front to receive any who would like to make public profession. Let us stand to sing 396.
you'd all remain standing for just a moment, a couple of announcements to make. One, the first is that you see the flowers here on the communion table. These are in memory of Janine St. John. Janine um, didn't have any family here in Birmingham, but many of you remember her sitting about three rows there in front of where Carl sits. And uh, we have these here in her memory, a gentle spirit um, who had, as she would tell you, when she was here in the sanctuary, she was sitting here for the hour of Sunday school and work out her problems with God. So she cast, that's where she would cast them upon the Lord. But um, we do cherish the memories of her and her faithfulness for over, well, about 20 years uh, here at Southside. Today is also the day that we have a covered dish luncheon downstairs and we'll, uh, when we are adjourned here and after the choir has their choral benediction, we'll uh, move down there and share a meal together and catch up on things with all the, the folks here. And that is a, a good thing. And then if, for those who are able to come back tonight, we have a worship service in uh, Frost Auditorium. Many of you have attended that. And we'll be doing that again this evening at 6 o'clock. So join us for that if you, if you are able to. Uh, it's a good time to um, see some folks you might not otherwise see. And as we go, uh, Ken is going to come and, and have our benediction. But before he does, turn to those close to you and just pass the peace of Christ. And say, may the peace of Christ be with you. Let's do it here. Thanks. May the peace of Christ be with you all. May you receive the, the blessing of God as you go. May the peace of God that passeth all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in the knowledge of God's love for you this day and forevermore. Amen.